Hey there, comrades. This episode ran a little long, so we ended up splitting it into two parts. Just so you know, Aiden, we are still getting to your question about collaborative art making. That will be on part two of this episode, so tune in next week for that. This episode, we talk a little more about artists in general, different kinds of art, and how they can be affected by communism. Another programming note, you are going to hear some miscellaneous noise brought to you by our special guest star, my husband, who is clacking on his keyboard, opening cupboards, just being a person who lives in a one-bedroom apartment. Sorry about that, but just kind of the reality of the situation right now. Tune in next week for part two of this episode. Enjoy. Hello. Hey. Um, are you ready to hear a tale of woe? A tale of woe. Yes, I am. That sounds great. <laughs> I'm glad you're enjoying It's my woe, so you're enjoying my woe. Uh, this isn't really Misery Loves Company, is it? This is just Misery Loves an Audience? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm dramatic, All right. and I like to complain. Let's hear it. So we're looking for a house again, and nice. it's been challenging. We just started looking. <laughs> it's only been like two weeks, but... Mm-hmm. Kyle's like a puppy in that he gets very excited about things and then he gets me excited about things and so like we saw a house and we're just like this is it let's get it and like it was like the first house we saw basically yes so, yeah naturally yeah of course um we picked our apartment building the same way we literally toured one place and then we're like this is it oh wow I didn't know that yeah we're stupid I am similar though like I get giddy and start like imagining like oh we'll put this there and mm-hmm. this there and it's gonna look so cool we can make this a thing you know yeah yeah i do that i was already fantasizing about the neighborhood and just everything mm-hmm. i was like oh yeah, yeah on, like on the way back from it you're like oh look at this this like, will be our can... kroger or whatever <laughs> yeah it's so yeah mm-hmm. i do that too um so yeah we toured this house we fell in love with it and we kind of just jumped on it. We toured it again the next morning and then made an offer. And then they came back to us and were like, look, uh, we need you to sign by 10 p.m. tonight. <laughs> and also, we're just telling you up front, we're not going to give you any money for repairs. And we were like, hold on. <laughs> yeah. That's, uh, that's sketch. It was super sketch. And so this was before inspection. Wow. Yeah. And so, and so, like, we couldn't even get a guy out there just to, like, take a walk through and be like, yeah, this place is built on a mud pit or whatever. Right. No way. What we ended up doing was they had sold it a few years before. So we, like, pulled up that inspection report. And, like, luckily, like, Kyle's family, like, one of his uncles is, like, a contractor. So, mm-hmm. like, he built all of his houses. So we sent it to him. We're just like, hey, can you help us? Yeah. And he did. He was like, yeah. Like, the first thing he said, he called us you want to do a lot of work on this house? And I just laughed. (laughs) So we backed out. (laughs) Yeah, no way. That's, they're just trying to get somebody to get the pressure. That's, that's kind of. I thought it was super rude. Underhanded Mm -hmm. to be like, you got to do it now. Yeah, because they're also like, oh, we have like a million offers today. And it's like, it's been on the market for almost 200 days. And today's the day you have multiple offers. Okay, sweetie. Yeah, I, I, that may just be a tactic. I don't know if there's any restrictions on them. I know, I wish there were just more, like, regulations, but you can't just lie to me. Like, that seems so shitty. I mean, the good news is this all led to a very stimulating conversation between me and Kyle about the housing crisis, because we were like, I mean, we're paying for this house with, like, book advance money, and we were like, Mm -hmm. how do people afford this? Like, if it weren't for that, we'd be so fucked, and like, oh yeah, and like, we're, you know, like, we're doing pretty well, 
besides that, and we were still like, how the fuck do people afford houses? And like, I don't know, Kyle went on this giant rant, and I was like, hey, you just explained the racial wealth gap. Good job. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's a good good date night. (laughs) That's awesome. Slash stressful. It was a roller coaster. Like, I, like was waiting for my check to come in from like my publisher and stuff. And it was just like, I had to go to the bank, turn in, but then there was a hold on the account. And it was just, it was so much. Yeah. Hopefully the rest of it goes easier than that. It won't go easily, of course, because, because you're house hunting. I mean, it's, <laughs> it not, sucks. it's not an easy process, but usually it is kind of fun in a way, as long as you don't get, you know, waylaid by people saying signed by 10 people. Yeah, right? Right? That's ridiculous. I know. What I've learned from that is to guard my heart and, don't fall in love so easily yeah it helps to have like you know a few choices if you have a few choices then you can kind of rank them and be like well i like this one better yeah yeah and that way it's not like oh i have to sign this right now because then i won't i don't have another option right and there's tons of fucking houses so yeah it's buyers weapon market right now you uh yeah you don't need to be like what if i don't sign this like get a house you know like you will it'll be fine yeah all right, you want to get started? Yeah, yeah, let's get started. What's our topic today? What do you want to learn about? What we're learning about is what would happen to artists under communism. All right, art under communism. I like it. Uh, where's what's you know what sparked your interest in this? Did we get a listener question for this? Right. So yeah, we got a listener question, and we didn't want to tackle it in our last one because I felt like there was a lot of juice there. So we're going to address it later. Um, first off, I just want to talk about what art would generally work, mm-hmm. like how it would work under communism and socialism. So yeah, we'll get to that in a bit. All right. Yeah. And this is going to be less of a me teaching you uh, episode because I think this is more your area of expertise a little bit. I mean, yeah. I'm an artist, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I started with, some background research. Do you want to hear my great research method? Uh, yeah, I do. I want to see what my what what resources my students use. Well, I Google what would happen to artists under communism. Hey, that's awesome. That's <laughs> a very very good first step. I started with Reddit, honestly, and I, I just read some opinions, and I was like, I agree with some of these, and I don't agree with some of these, and just kind of like wrote up some bullet points based on what I was reading. And then I went to actually Marxist.org, which is where we had found the Communist Manifesto. That's where we downloaded yeah. that. And they have a place where you can like search by subject. And so I just, so yeah, I searched art into like their archives and it pulled up mm-hmm. like, speeches and manifestos and like articles people had written. Um, everyone from like, you know, Lenin and stuff to like people I hadn't heard of. <laughs> um, but most, mostly fairly famous people. Um, and it was, it was interesting. Some of it I could not interpret. I almost sent you some of it because Trotsky apparently is a very flowery writer. And I, I could not. I did not have the patience for it. Trotsky was a nerd, man. I just could. That's I, why Stalin didn't like him because Stalin was just like, was started out like a, a peasant from Georgia, you know. Mm. That's part of their rivalry is he's like, Trotsky, you're Dude, he's a big nerd. nerd. My eyes were like glazing over as I was reading that page. I, I couldn't even. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but what I did find, first I found this quote by Marx, which, um, let me read that. The writer naturally right. must make money in order to live and write, but he should not under any circumstances live and write in order to make money. This is something we kind of talked about in, I think, 
the second or third episode, when we talked about the manifesto, uh, mm-hmm. Marx talks about the idea of, you know, a priest working for money and how, like, that's kind of fucked up. And basically what happens when different career paths only use money as their goal. And this one is talking specifically about writers, but you could make the extension to artists. Yeah, I like that. It's um, basically arguing that something should be done for just the intrinsic value of them. Yeah, basically. Because whenever you're only relying on capitalism as your goal for art, then you're probably going to make not as good art. <laughs> the second source I found was um, from one of my favorite artists, actually. It is called A Manifesto for an Independent Revolutionary Art. Um, this is by Diego Rivera and Andre Breton. Um, nice. You probably I know. Heard, I hadn't heard of i hadn't heard of andre breton but i had heard of diego rivera same i hadn't heard of the second guy uh so for listeners who might not know diego rivera um super famous mexican painter he was quintessential of the mexican muralist movement uh which actually has its roots in socialism it was all about portraying working class people in his case particularly for mexico and the style of it is kind of gritty, and it was to show the like, brutality of capitalism, which I liked his work for a long time and did not know that. So that was cool to find out. Yeah, it's hardcore, man. Have you seen these uh, these murals? There's people freaking dying, you know, just just getting killed or getting they get facing down rifles and bayonets. People standing up with the like full on actual like hammer and sickle banners mm-hmm. saying go forward. There's one with, with marks like and he's got a big treatise, maybe the manifesto or something. I don't I haven't looked at it up close, but he's like saying, you know, go forward and you've got all the all the campesinos and everybody there like the the poor and downtrodden like, you know. It's understandable without words. Yeah. Which is yeah. cool. You get the message of it. I know, I feel like his most shared works are just the ladies with lilies, which <laughs> are very nice, don't get me wrong. But I, I think the art world, maybe, maybe this is wrong, it's a bad take, but I, I think that that side of his work is emphasized more than his socialist work. This is not an isolated case. Uh, there's, you know, what what do people in America remember Martin Luther King for? Oh, yeah, for being against he's, discrimination. He's a guy but... who had a dream and he <laughs> yeah. wanted everyone to be friends no matter what race they were. That's all they remember. They don't remember his anti-war activism or, yeah, that he, you know, died while doing a campaign to to unionize the sanitation workers of Memphis. Oh, like, yeah. <laughs> no, don't, no, don't talk about Mm-mm. that. Just the nice clothes, So the same please. with Diego Rivera. It's just, you know, the white lilies. That's what we like. Um, okay. Andre Breton was a French poet and is known as kind of the founder of the Surrealist movement, uh, which is also a cool art style. Um I, I didn't know about this dude, but I guess they were friends. The only thing I know about the Surrealist movement is, isn't that where Salvador Dali does the, like, melting clocks mm-hmm. and stuff? That's them. It's all in Like, I'm completely <laughs> unsophisticated. <laughs> so, Rita Kahlo is also a Surrealist, uh, so okay. you, can, you can put that in there, too. Now you know, too, Surrealist artists. Nice. So, the quote I pulled from their manifesto is that, let's see. The communist revolution is not afraid of art. It realizes that the role of the artist in a decadent capitalist society is determined by the conflict between the individual and various social forms which are hostile to him. This fact alone, insofar as he is conscious of it, makes the artist the natural ally of revolution. I really like this. I strive to make work that has a message, and, you know, usually the message isn't fucking that important, but I hope that it helps a little, and... 
I don't know. It's nice. It's nice that to know that other artists are on board with that. For sure. Yeah, I I, I definitely agree with this line of thought. Artists do have a are the natural allies of revolution, as they say. Yes, I hope so. So we want to talk about a few things. Uh, in general, we want to look at how being an artist would work under socialism. And in this case, we're going to kind of lump that in with like basically a state-sponsored socialism, probably. Um, not necessarily like hardcore like Marxist or anything. but Yeah, the way we should look at it, I guess, is socialistic in general. That can range from social democratic reformism sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, to more of a revolutionary state-sponsored socialism, uh, to more of a revolutionary decentralized uh, social, you know, like communes and stuff. Yeah. There can be a range, but that transitionary period is what we're talking about in the socialism section. Yes. And then I also also want to give some examples of how it would work under anarcho-communism, because that's my fave, it's my main boo, but also I think it's fun to imagine. Um, It's it's a nice dream. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's how I keep yeah. going some days. Yeah, and we can, and when we're talking about it, we can talk about how it might look differently depending on the organizational level and stuff. That's fine. But yeah, basically socialism in that sort of transitory period and then communism once you get past that. We're not really going to delve too much into complete post-scarcity replicator stuff because it's e- all of it's easily solved then. Yeah, so you're, it's like you're good. Too. You can just do whatever the fuck you want all day. <laughs> Yeah, not too interesting there, but like, what does it mean when people are past capitalism and able to just, you know, produce and consume based on their... Yeah, like there are still, there are still needs to be met, but mm-hmm. it's nice. So, yeah. Yeah. So in general, also, we're going to be covering lots of different types of artists. Uh, later on, we can talk more about specifics to those types of art. I'm not going to go too deep into it, but just so you know, this is going to cover visual artists, writers, uh, musicians, all y'all, so... Art is art. Yeah, for sure. All right, so let's talk about reform, reform land, reform land, socialism, that kind of stuff. Yeah, because that's that's where we that's you know we're closer to that right now. That's that's kind of more in our horizon. <laughs> it doesn't feel like it, but <laughs> no, yeah, I mean it really doesn't. But it's certainly closer to where we are now than you know communes. Yeah, or fortunately, a revolutionary approach. Um, okay, so some things that a reformist socialism would do, you know, to kind of help with help, what, help artists, I guess, or help the artistic community. Yeah, so I think it's it's not just helping artists, but it's also like boosting the whole section of the arts, um, making it like a really robust community. And the most obvious one is get that social safety net stronger. I'm talking UBI. I'm talking healthcare. I'm talking public housing. All that shit. Stronger social safety net, more uh, what we could call decommodifying things, right? Ma- taking things out of the marketplace. Yes. Um, and in case you don't know what UBI is, that stands for universal basic income. It's the idea of everyone gets a certain amount of money just to live. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and that's something that's been explored, strangely enough, you know, by Democratic, you know, leaning people. And also some Republicans have talked about really? this even. Uh, yeah, I think it was it was uh, Richard Nixon, actually, what? who had talked about guaranteeing like a minimum income for people. I, I think his was probably still like means slider. You know, like you're rich, you wouldn't get it. But okay. it's strange to me to look at a Republican doing That's something very like weird. that. But anyway, those sorts of provisions, public housing, public health care, 
um, guaranteeing this would take so much off of people's plate in terms of what they have to do to struggle to survive that they would have more time, more resources to pursue the art that they want to pursue. Free college. College is a huge barrier. Um, you don't have to go to college to be an artist. Like, yeah. You know, don't if you can't do it, but <laughs> it helps. And so it, it yeah. helps in some ways. It depends what you want to do, honestly. Yeah, I think people know whether that's for them, whether they want to learn new techniques in that way or if they want to do that on their own. Yeah. So, yeah, basically, I mean, I feel really strongly about this because this is I mean, pretty personal to me. Like, I couldn't afford to go to like a formal art school because those are all private. And I went to a mm-hmm. state school and it turned out fine. Uh, but even then, once I was in there, I, I went for more of a commercial artist uh, track. So I went for graphic design because I just figured, well, at least I can draw and not like die. And even though yeah. what I really wanted to do was illustration and comics. And it just I knew I couldn't make a living off that right away. And I'm still not there yet. And it just is kind of disappointing that like, man, if I had had more support, then that could have been an option earlier on. Because I graduated in like mm-hmm. 2015. And I'm just now like getting to the point where like, okay, maybe in five or 10 years, I can start doing this as a full time thing. Yeah. And society kind of encourages people to start thinking about that really early on. Like you can have your dreams as a kid, kind of, but you do need to start curtailing them quickly to what are the dreams that will (laughs) allow me to not be, you know, living in a shack. Exactly. It's sad, but so many people have to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I know tons of artists who work part time and at really physically demanding jobs, you know, like in the service industry or something. And then. By the time we get home, you're too tired to make any art. And it's just this horrible yeah. cycle of, like, I need to pay rent, but I also want to be an artist. And it's just very upsetting. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so another thing, speaking of jobs that we can do, um, is is limiting the work week. I uh, have already recommended this book on the podcast before, but Bullshit Jobs does a great job of explaining mm-hmm. why we could probably have, like, a four-hour workday and it'd be fine. Oh, yeah. Four-hour workday, four days a week even. Yeah. We've Why all not? goofed around at a job before. We all know someone who's goofed <laughs> around at a job before. It's a thing. We've all been in meetings. It could have been an email. Yeah. Yes. So much could be trimmed from that. Uh, less working time with more things taken care of for you already. Your money goes further. Your time is greater. Uh, you have more of what you need to do the art you want to do. Uh, I think also it makes it more accessible for people. I think there's this idea of art being like the purview of people wealthy enough to just sit around and do art. Oh, for sure. Right. Yeah, it, it is kind of a, seen as a leisure activity. I was going to say on the on the workday thing, do you remember Flappy Bird? <laughs> that app? Yeah. yeah. So I saw this meme where it was like the two pipes, you know, like little Mario pipes, and one of them uh-huh. was the eight-hour workday, and the top one was like chores and cooking, grocery shopping, and childcare, like all the other shit you have to do. And the middle was like 30 minutes of free time. That's <laughs> <laughs> so sad. But that's really, that's how it feels some days. You're just like, how the fuck do I get everything done? Unless you have a really, like, chill-ass job, uh, mm-hmm. it's going to be a struggle. Mm-hmm. For sure. I think I think it's not something we can just uh, legislate a way to. Like, that's something people have to organize about. You know, in labor unions, democratizing the workplace so where, you know, your boss isn't tyrannizing. Because your boss isn't just going to be like, oh, damn, sure. Jim, you want to you wanna work less and still get paid the same? I mean... Okay, I never thought about it before, but sure. (laughs) You know, like, they need to be forced to do that. There's also this obsessive culture with seeming busy. I don't know if this is specifically American, but I feel like it is increased here compared to other countries. 
Like in other countries, you ask people, like, what do you do? And they'll be like, oh, I paint, I hike, or whatever. And if you ask it here, it definitely means just your job. And yeah. people are obsessed with That's it. That's your identity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I don't know. We all like know someone in the office who's just like, oh, I'm just so slammed. Like all the time, no matter like what time of year it is, they're always just slammed. And it's like, are you really? Or are you just like, I don't know. It, to me, it's weird. I don't begrudge somebody for doing that at work because, you know, if you're still meeting your deadlines or whatever, while everyone's under the impression that you're slammed, I mean, you're just a good worker in the eyes of the boss and save you some headaches. So, yeah, I Uh, think that's so much of it, too, is like a lot of it's performative of like, look how busy I am. I'm still hitting all my numbers or whatever. mm -hmm. And it's just such bullshit. (laughs) You don't want to kick your feet up and be like, damn, I ain't got nothing to do. Yeah. I just I wish we could be more honest about it, though. Just be like, look, I don't need to work this long, but I'm still doing all the work you asked of me. So shouldn't I get paid the same amount? Like, yeah. it's almost impressive that I can pull this off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. But nope, you don't want to do that no. because then you just get something else put on your plate. Stupid. Okay. What else? So basically socialism can provide more for people, right? Can make their lives better in terms of uh, more social services, uh, better pay, fewer hours, uh, more free time, more time to be themselves, be humans. Yeah, yeah. And you really need that time as an artist. Like, you, you need a lot of time to percolate on things. And I think there is value in having a separate job. We're going to kind of get into this later on under, like, how this work under anarcho-communism. But I personally mm-hmm. think there's value in, in having other projects to work on where you can kind of flip your brain switch. And it, to me, at least, it helps me be more creative to, like, be able to swap between things. Or to do stuff in the real world. I don't do much of it now. Yeah, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah that makes sense. Okay, so under socialism, we would also, if you know, if it's a more statist situation, uh, we can let's talk about public works projects. Ooh, yeah, you can do uh, do like WPA style stuff, right? You can hire people to uh, like works projects administration from the works progress administration from the uh, from the New Deal, where they hired a bunch of artists to go out and you know paint murals on post offices and stuff and like design things. Yeah. I mean, Diego Rivera uh, was a muralist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's a good idea. And that <laughs> doesn't have to be completely state directed. Um, I think in our situation it probably would be, but like if you had a more uh, diffuse situation going on, if you had uh, like local federations of unions or something syndicalist style or whatever, they could do that too. Sure. You, know, you could pool community resources to, to carry out public works projects like this. Absolutely. Um, you know, you could do things like it could be a PSA or something. If you're a filmmaker, maybe you're making PSAs or if you're a designer, that could happen. It could be a mm-hmm. statue, if you're a sculptor, if you're an architect or a landscaper, like there's tons of opportunities in that space. And yeah. For sure, no, but that 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 would be cool, man. I didn't even. I was just thinking, like in the like murals and stuff. But yeah, there's so many things. There's a lot. Basically, I I think basically any art you do, you can find a public way to make it useful. Like, uh, so I'm in the the cartoonist space. Mm -hmm. So I know an artist, Tatiana Gill, who has done work for Mm -hmm. the Seattle and King County Public Health Department, and these are comics about how to properly dispose of medication, how to store medication mm-hmm. safely, and just like really useful information and it's in a comic format, which makes it super accessible. Yeah, that's awesome. Or like, hell, now we need we need like a department of uh, propaganda poster makers <laughs> for like COVID masks. Oh my God, stuff, yes. You know? Honestly. Those need to be, I need to see like some big, you know, red, white, and blue emblazoned guy <laughs> with like, you know, tr- 
wear your mask today. You know, that would be. I actually, yeah. I saw someone on Twitter. They made like uh, their riffs on like World War One, World War One era posters, and but they uh-huh. all had masks and they like changed the copy so it was mask related. It was really cool. Yeah, that would be so cool. Obviously, a it's you know the government thinks it's a hoax. <laughs> They're <laughs> so not going to do that. Um, yeah, but that's that's an example, I guess, of how you could use it for public health purposes. Yeah, you could also use it in like just educational work in general. You know, if mm-hmm. your schools are being run with you know sufficient funding, you can actually hire artists to help you know teach concepts and you know help kids make their own art. Like art education is a huge opportunity here for sure. Yeah. So one thing I think we need in order to make these concepts stick Mm -hmm. is the utility of art. Okay. Not necessarily in leftist space. I think in general, um, art is, like we said, seen as a leisure activity, seen as a luxury, basically. And I think we need to work on that message. (laughs) Well, yeah, because art can be seen kind of also as something to consume, something to just kind of take in passively. But it does have actually like, you know, real impacts on people doesn't it for sure it can really it can really affect people in terms of their well-being maybe yeah i mean art has huge benefits for mental health um like i said art education is a really important field it's really helpful for kids to do art it's like really good for their brains Mm -hmm. and moreover maybe this is a little too philosophical but like art's one of the things that make us human like no other species just like makes art for fun Like, it is a thing we need to do. Yeah, that's true. Expressing ourselves abstractly in some way. I, yeah, I, don't, I, I agree with you. I don't think, I don't think <laughs> anything else uh, does art that we know of anyway. I mean, there's the painting horse and the painting elephant. Well, someone just put a, a paintbrush in their, their mouth and told them to go. Ah, okay. I was like, how did they? That's it. How'd they do that? Yeah. But yeah, it's, um, it's something that I think, I think more people would enjoy too, if they didn't, if they had time to do it, mm-hmm. if they didn't see it as a waste of time, which kind of gets into the whole, you know, like how society is always like, you got to be on the grind. You got to be doing yes. stuff, something productive all the time. <laughs> you know, if you're not doing something that could either better your skills or, or help you produce more. Yeah, then then why are you doing it? You're wasting your time, you know. Or if they weren't so tired to do it, I think more people would benefit, you know, from doing some sort of art or participating in some sort of art. And I think, too, we talked about this last episode with our discussion on museums. If we make make those spaces less elite and classist, then I think that'd be a huge opportunity. Because there is kind of an intimidation factor that stops people from learning more about art. One of, like, yeah, I'm not a fucking Western master or whatever. And of... Yeah. Just like not knowing enough about it. Like, I don't know. There's there's a barrier for sure. Yeah, not knowing. Yeah, I agree with that. And seeing it as something for people with innate talents in it. Oh, it's like, really oh I'm no good at art. <laughs> you know, I'm not good at art. I draw stick figures. Oh, so I like, hate the stick figures comment. It's my least favorite thing people say to me. Yeah. Yeah. That's that, that or draw me. And it's like, pay me. Then I'll drive. No, it sucks because it's like people will say it like, oh, you're so talented. I'm like, no, man, I just like kept going. Like all kids draw. It's just some of us keep going. Mm-hmm. So For sure. that's honestly what it is. It's just time. Yeah. And I will admit to being pretty privileged to have had that time. Like mom and dad didn't make me get a job because I was like, oh, I'm drawing all the time. <laughs> like whenever I was in high school. Like I nice. Just, yeah. That was kind of my job, which is stupid. But thanks, mom and dad. <laughs> so, yeah, I think that I think the art definitely has a lot of utility for people. And it will have more 
if we're able to change, you know, the parameters of society. If we're able to make it more supportive of people, people will be will have more access to the to that utility of art. Yeah. You know? So let's just let's let's change society even more. Let's go to anarcho communism. Ooh, all right. We did it. We made it. Turning the dial a little bit more. Yeah. So <laughs> I think about this a lot because it's my dream world. And I think there's some cool shit that can happen with art. Like what? One is if you're in an artist commune, oh my god, I would love it. So is that like you know, a commune, but it's only artists in it? Or is so it... I think there's some options. I think you could be the artist in the commune, um, if, if that's ah, your Ah, the village artist. Yes, like the bard in the party. <laughs> <laughs> or, yeah, it could be an art, a commune made up only of artists, maybe their families or whatever. But I, I think there's benefits to both systems. But generally, in a commune, you'd be sharing your labor. So, you know, maybe you all, you all have jobs of growing food or cleaning, cooking, whatever it is. Or, you know, more traditional jobs. I don't, I don't know what the fuck that economy is going to look like. So just jobs. So I'll have to some sort of thing. Yeah. And, but because you're working together, you're going to have more time to work on your art because like things are easier when you work together, guys. I don't know if you knew this, but <laughs> it's a lot easier. Um, and if you're in a, if you're in a situation where you are living with multiple artists, or even if like maybe you're the only artist in your housing unit whatever we're going to call it but in the community you can hook up with other artists and you can do things like yeah. critiques you can like work together to make public works projects like street art and murals and all kinds of cool shit that's cool yeah that's i don't know specifically i guess what the economy will look like but it i mean you're gonna have to you know produce the needs for everybody there or produce whatever you're like let's say you don't really cover all the needs of your community but you're in federation with some other communities yeah you got a trading system you can trade with them yeah but like you know you'll have to do do some work involved with that you won't be holed up in an office somewhere because nobody needs to you know push around zeros in the digital space because nobody's (laughs) like doing you know banking or finance or anything like that anymore that's just gone But yeah, you'll definitely have to spend some time laboring and everything, but you're no longer laboring for, you're no longer working to, you know, produce immense profits so that somebody can, you know, Jeff Bezos is over you or anything, right? So you don't have to work as much, you know, your hours can, you know, like we were saying earlier, you can work less often and, and all of the work that you're doing is for you and your community rather than for other people. You've got so much more time to devote to whatever you want. Maybe you're not that interested in art, you know, but you can, you can use that time to go look uh, at art, yeah. to go admire art, to go listen to art. Uh, it's just, it's way more accessible for people. Yeah. So I, I saw a few different takes on, on what this could look like. I was on that Reddit and some people mm-hmm. were saying, you know, you would still definitely have to do some, some labor. Maybe it's a rotating labor, labor system of like, almost like the Peace Corps or something where like you, you go, work for a few years as a plumber or whatever, and then you get to do your own thing later, or, you know, maybe it's an on-week, off-week situation. There's lots of different ways to structure this. Mm -hmm. Some people are also saying, I mean, and I would argue this, that art does have an inherent value. Um, I know because I take commissions that people will pay for it. So um, I'm pretty sure, you know, if I needed to in that situation, I could probably draw people stuff when they would give me, like, crops or whatever, you know? So... In this situation, you're going to have, you know, you're going to be able to survive as a member of society just by like being there. Yeah. But I'm saying that could bring value to to my commune. It's like, oh, I'll produce some work for this other commune and they have agreed to give us whatever. 
Yeah, that's true. You could do that. Um, it's all kind of voluntary. So you can, you could be the art person in your, Mm -hmm. in your commune and, and they're like, well, that's, you know, that's Christine. She just, (laughs) she draws shit and we think it's cool. So, you know, she's cool, whatever she gets to eat at the, at the community at all the community places. Cause like, it's not just like, Oh, you go down there and you go to the mess hall or whatever. Mm-hmm. And you just eat some stew. It's not like really <laughs> like hardcore or something. No, I'm, I'm like, you have little more. restaurants and stuff and people like to do that mm-hmm. and you'll get to eat wherever, you know, do whatever you want. You'll have stuff. I know that you're very worried kind of about like, having stuff. stuff, right? Yeah. You would still have You'd the still stuff. Have There's stuff. no reason why you, why you couldn't because you know, people do like to create those things. One of the, weird dimensions that we didn't even have on this list. I think that you could consider somewhat art is like being a chef. That's true. Or fashion, you know, culinary arts or fashion. Yeah. So these are, these are things that people will get to do as being members of the community, you know, That's and good point. people will make sure that they survive and thrive because they want to use those things that they also like. That's a good point. Okay. So I wouldn't necessarily have to barter, but I could if I wanted to. Yeah. So I think there's a lot of ways that it could just be, self-sustaining you know um as long as everyone's on the same page about it and the community is nobody in the community is able to take advantage of anyone else really then it should work out yeah because again that's why i wanted to cover the utility of art because i've definitely seen some takes that are like no you have to do like real work it's real work guys like it's it's physically demanding and it's Mm. mentally demanding and it provides a service so i don't know i think there's a balance like i would definitely you know, if I were in a commune and I was the resident artist, I would probably also do like some cooking and cleaning or whatever. You know, I would help out with other tasks or maybe like some childcare or something like teach an art class or something like that. At the bare minimum, you're going to be doing the work of keeping your house in order and everything. You know? Yeah, like, yeah. And like domestic labor is labor. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah, everybody's going to have to pull some of their own weight. Uh, not everybody because people, some people aren't able to do so. Yeah, and that's okay. Uh, but, but if you can, you should. Yeah. Let's move on to different types of artists. So I'm going to go through these a little bit quickly. Just kind of some rundown stuff. So we're mentioning kind of some special situations for them, basically. Yeah, some some exceptions and maybe some more examples if we think of like, oh, here's what you could do in these scenarios. I wanted to start with commercial arts because that's kind of where I get my income right now. And... If you are in this zone, I've got good news and bad news. The good <laughs> news is you don't have any shitty clients anymore. Hooray! Yeah. That I hear is a terrible part of it. Yeah, it sucks. Clients <laughs> are the worst. There's lots of great like meme accounts that are what's called like you know shit clients say and stuff like that. And yeah, <laughs> uh, the bad news is you won't have any clients. <laughs> so, ouch. Yeah. Um. I don't know, but is that bad news? That's the thing. I mean. I have met a lot of graphic designers in my time who are kind of in the same boat as me as I really just want to draw, but this is just a way to make money. I know lots of people who are in that boat. So now you get to draw, (laughs) you know? How many people do you know that are in the boat of, I really like to satisfy corporate clients? I know people like that. Well, that's weird. (laughs) I think it's weird too. So each their own though. I mean, you can do that. I'm not going to yuck their yum, but it's weird. (laughs) But yeah, I guess you really wouldn't get to do that. You could, I mean, there's, there's ways that you could still have clients. They just wouldn't be people who are trying to do this to like make more of a profit, right? Like you would, yeah. you could. If there, if there was, you know, the restaurant guy, we love restaurants here. It's always our go-to fake business. 
but you know, someone's like, I'm, I'm opening up a dumpling place and you want to make a sign for me? You can still totally make a sign for them. It's just, they wouldn't pay you. They might give you some free dumplings. Well, everything's free, but they might give you extra good dumplings. Oh yeah. That's once, you know, once you're in communism, it's just, yeah, sure. Here's, here's, here's the, it's a beautiful little sign for the dumpling place and everything. Come get your dumplings. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but even in the in the transitionary phase, like you could have clients like the government mm-hmm. or your local council or whatever, you know, you be making PSAs like we were mentioning earlier, you know, posters. the graphic design work. Um, yeah, posters. Uh, websites. If you're like, still going to be around. Ooh, yeah, websites for around, sure. But they will be much less shitty. <laughs> much less, um, let's just say hungry for customer data yeah so basically you can you can make work for people but it's, it's just gonna be a very different landscape y'all <laughs> mm-hmm. i liked your mentioning of websites because i think that through the whole process you're going to want an informed community and stuff and that's a really good way to get you know get information out to people and everything for sure and it doesn't hurt to make it look good yeah no um, i mean it i mean research shows you need good ui and ux to like actually get shit done if it's poorly designed people are not going to be able to use it efficiently yeah and that's in either stage you know even once you're on to full communism uh whether that's at the local level or more of a national or international thing um i mean people are still going to need to get information still going to need to access you know the internet or to make voting a lot whatever. more accessible mm-hmm. oh yeah because if sure. you're on a local council level you're probably gonna have to vote more often and hopefully yeah hopefully everybody needs to you know, vote more often. That sounds sickening, really, <laughs> in our current context. Oh, I in would terms hate of, it. Oh my god. Yeah, because imagine because voting here is so annoying. It's the but worst. if voting was just going online and clicking some buttons, you know, complete with like links out to various sources for every oh, issue yeah. that you're That'd voting on, like you know, that's not hard to do. This is a tangent, but real quick, let's talk about things you can do online, and, and like it's fine. Sure. Yeah. You can manage your bank. You can pay people. I signed a book contract online. I've almost bought a house online. You can transfer money through your bank account. You know, you can pay your taxes. Yeah. But for some reason, you can't vote online. It's all, yeah, taxes. For some reason, that's totally fine. Even though, okay, what blows my fucking mind is, like, capitalism is the most important thing to these people. And these are all super capitalist things to do. And it's secure enough for that. But, like, why isn't it secure enough for voting? I mean, I guess because voting upholds capitalism or not voting. Yeah, not, yeah. Keeping the franchise limited has always been a hallmark of this. I mean, since the beginning of liberal bourgeois democracies. What else? Um, I think that's kind of it for commercial. Artists, yeah, basically, right? you'll have different clients and eventually very chill clients. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and you'll get to do riskier stuff because oh, nobody's going to yes. like come down on you and be like, no, we actually, this didn't focus group test, you know, <laughs> well, or whatever. Like they're not going to be able to, and they don't have profits to protect. Exactly. Like, they're just making cool stuff. You can make cool ass shit. We've all had a client that's like, no, this is too crazy. Like you can make the crazy shit now. Yeah. Let's let's go on to, to fine arts, which I have in right. quotation marks because, again, I have a problem with that term. But I'm talking about painters, sculptors, mixed media artists, fiber artists, all kinds of folks. Things you would find in museums of fine arts? Yes. <laughs> um, we covered some of this last episode, but basically there's going to be more public galleries. So, like, it's a good time for that. Heck yeah. Yeah. Free, publicly funded, widely accessible 
you know, and there's no like uh, snobby little private art galleries <laughs> anywhere or anything. Nothing like that. Yeah, you'll get to do more um, local work, which is really cool. One thing that I've noticed with a lot of these categories, I think I have the same note for, you know, if you're a writer, there's going to be less prestige. So, you know, there's there's not going to be like a celebrity. I feel like there's going to be less celebrities in general. What do you think about that? I was wondering what you meant by prestige. So celebrities like, you know, the famous artists or musicians is what you're saying. I think maybe, maybe fame isn't the right term. Maybe just money is a better way to put it. Um, Because you're not profiting as much or any, depending on if we're reform or not. And so, yeah, I mean like Beyonce isn't going to be able to be like super fucking rich anymore. Like she's just Mm -hmm. not. But it, this also gives an opportunity for people who couldn't even get a fucking foot in the door to get in on yeah. the game. So, like, you can actually pursue music now. Does that make sense? That makes sense. Yeah. Lower barrier to entry. Mm-hmm. More people uh, participating. Less opportunity to, to really monopolize, like, a market share or something like that. You know, like, you're not the biggest. Yeah. I mean, you can still be famous, I guess, but it's just going to be different. Like, you're not going to be rich and famous necessarily. You're just going to be famous. Yeah. The other thing is that people aren't going to all be trying to compete to get you to be somewhere. Cause why? Like they're not going to get any money from that or they're not going to get a, you know, a exorbitant amount. Like, so like the publishing mm, okay. side of it or the record labels or whatever, and they're not competing for a profit off of anybody really or much. So you can just one. work with whoever you want so, to. Yeah. And people, you know, these, these sorts of people don't have to go out and try to find somebody who appeals to as many people yes. as possible. You know, because who cares? Yeah, you, know, you just, just appeal matter. to this, you know, a smaller section. Like you don't have to do that. You can find music that you like. You can find uh, artists that you like. I feel like it's gonna be a lot more. That. I feel like it's gonna be a lot more niche. You know? Yeah, I don't know. We have elements of that now. I think so. I, I think that's largely due to the internet, obviously. But mm-hmm. I think if this continued in a socialist trajectory, then I'm I'm still thinking about music as an example. But it works for books too, because capital begets more capital. So, you know, now that I'm, I released my hit fucking single, I can produce a crazy album and work with like all these really exclusive people and market the shit out of it and all this stuff. Yeah, exactly. You can increase your spread Yeah, by having succeeded that one time. Yeah. Whereas this, you're just relying on like people, how many people genuinely like this or not? Yeah. I think, I think the reason we have seen it so far is because like you said, the internet has made it easier, you know, kind of lowered the, opened the gates Mm -hmm. a little bit. To get a foot in. You just got to put something on GarageBand. Yeah, but not really significantly, you know, taking the next step. What this would do is make it even easier to expand from that because, you know, so many more people not only can just put their music or put their artwork on the internet, but have more time to do so, Mm -hmm. have more resources to devote to it, and don't have to worry about this kind of, this cutthroat music industry, really or uh, art industry, publishing, or movie industry, movie, yeah, whatever, all right? Um, all of that kind of gunning for what is going to get us the most profit from the most people. Yeah, yeah. And like, I don't know, for me, especially, there's such a distinct correlation between having time to work on stuff and success in art, because like, I, I stopped a job that was taking up a lot of mental energy and time. And I started a job that has like a much better work-life balance. And within like six months, I was like working on a book. Like that's a huge yeah. fucking difference. <laughs> mm, for sure. 
So less prestige. Yeah. And I think it would also, on that same level, encourage more diversity too. Like so many things are held back because like you said, like we're focus testing and like, is this going to be, you know, accepted by the widest possible market? And if you take away those factors, then anyone can make it, you know, like so many people can get in the door. Yeah, for sure. More diversity, maybe more localized things too, like um, diversity of like, who are we, what voices are we, are we hearing? What people are we seeing on the screen? What stories are we telling? Like every show doesn't have to be in New York or LA. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Interesting things happen in other places. And especially if you've got things very decentralized too, what what would be cool is that you could um, have local film industries, local publishing industries and things that, you know, industries, but groups, you know, that would be putting this together stories about small towns and and things like that. And that'd be so cool. Like imagine if you lived in a smaller town, like our hometown and like someone made a movie about it, that totally gets it. And like, that'd be awesome. (laughs) Yeah. That'd be cool. FYI, if you do want to learn about our small town, watch the movie Bernie with Jack Black. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good um, analysis of it. Set in East Texas is pretty accurate. Spot on. (laughs) (laughs) Let's move on. Uh, I included I include craft arts as well. Uh, so this is stuff like people who sew, people who make furniture, things that you can use, um, pottery, another one, stuff like that, basically, is what I included in this. And that is hella useful in a commune. So like, cool, that's going to be great. <laughs> you're, that's how you're going to help your, your community is by making shit you can use. And that's amazing. Yeah. Like, this is weird, but I, my note on the side of this was, what are these for craft arts? <laughs> Um, so, okay. Cool. This is dumb, but I mean, I really didn't consider that as art initially. I was just, you know, that's just stuff. And that's the thing. That, that's what one of my notes is that this is now going to be art again. Because now it's like, let me just go to TJ Maxx and buy a fucking mug. Like, you can yeah. now buy, you want to buy it, you can get a cool-ass handmade mug in the shape of a turtle or whatever, and it's going to be awesome. Yeah, that's cool. And I think that's, well, could just be me being dumb. Like, <laughs> Maybe most people are like, oh, yeah, I mean, a mug is like art. Or it could be at some point along the way we kind of lost it. Yeah. Because I feel like when we look at ancient societies, we're like, look at this beautiful pottery. That's obviously art, you know. <laughs> but for them, it's just like, this is my, this is what I make bread in. Yeah. Or like, wow, look at this, look at this basket weaving. Like, that's some intricate artwork that they did on the side. And you're yeah. just like. I mean, there's definitely a discussion that a lot of people have over craft versus art. Like, when does it turn into art? I think it's art because it's cool i don't maybe that's a simplistic ass definition but it's like you made it and it's cool that's art like yeah i don't, I think i think that stuff is i think it is for sure i mean there's there's a lot of work on there's this term of like the beauty of everyday things and mm-hmm. i don't know like designers especially are, are very into like having you know the perfect chair the perfect mug or whatever and there is a real joy that comes from that i don't think it's all just consumerist nonsense some of it is for sure but there is something really nice. Like I have this cute little badger mug and it makes me so happy when I use it. It's just the cutest little thing. So yeah, I definitely agree. It's art. And like you said, extremely useful Yeah. when your comedy needs to be more self-sufficient. You know, you can't rely on intricate uh, webs of uh, logistics, you know, worldwide logistics, you know, international trade of all this, all these various parts so that they can get around tax codes in various places or labor laws and different yeah Yeah. you know you can't rely on that anymore because that's gone because it's no longer profitable for people um you're gonna need to 
You're going to need to create for yourself yeah. things that you need. Um, and it's going to be in a socialist society, you're going to be more concerned with something's use value mm-hmm. you know, rather than its profit. You know, what is it good for specifically rather than how much can I sell it for? That's a good point because, I mean, I'm, I think I'd put fashion in this category too. Fast fashion is like such a problem for labor and like it's, it's very hard to get out of that mindset. Um, of purchasing things because they're going to last a long time versus this is cheap and it'll work. And I think as we move forward, like you'll have more and more sustainable options until like everything's sustainable because that's the right thing to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that comes partly from uh, democratizing the economy. If the economy is not focused on making profits for a few and they make all the decisions specifically designed to make them more profit. Uh, instead, everyone's working together, making the decisions not about the profit really. Right. But about what's the best thing for them to do and for their community. Yeah. I think so, you, so we talk about factories a lot in unions. So like you could still have clothing factories. They'll just be like ethically run, I guess. Right. You could. Yeah. They'd probably be a lot smaller scale too. Mm-hmm. I guess. Why is that? Well, because you don't, like you were saying about the fast fashion, you don't really need to mass market, you know, a whole bunch of this stuff. If you're making it last longer, you're, it's more of more artisan in mm, that way. So it's going to be, yeah, if, that makes sense. If you're still doing volume. fast fashion, I mean, you could have, you could just keep those factories and run them, you know, more improve their safety standards and stuff and, and do it that way. Yeah. I, I guess I'm trying to think too, because kind of like your point, like, yeah, maybe a mug is just a mug. Some people also just don't care about fashion. <laughs> I really care, but like not everyone does. Some people are like, I just want a shirt. It's fine. So <laughs> yeah, I guess you could also, you know, this would be one of your toilsome things. One of the things that everybody does have to do at some point, but it's not like your real job is just temporarily, mm-hmm. but everybody does have to kind of go in there and churn in, churn out a couple hundred shirts at the shirt press. Exactly. Maybe place. there's, Everyone wears a they're, they're just standard issue shirts. Yeah, yeah. it's just like here you go. Here's a shirt. You don't. I think care. we go full gender neutral jumpsuit. It's gonna be great. <laughs> it could be cool, but we don't want you know. So you don't want to put it like drab gray. No, no, they're gonna like be. You can choose your color. Dull, terrible. You know. You can choose your color. Dull, terrible. And it'll. Clothes. Yeah, yeah. And okay, another great thing about democratizing fashion. One is you're gonna have more access to more sizes, which is a huge issue for a lot of people. And two, things yeah. you can like tailor things to fit if they're like artisan made. You can be like, hey, this is actually what my measurements are. Ooh, yeah, that's true. That's so nice. I've never had anything tailored <laughs> in my wedding dress. Uh, yeah, same, but my suit. <laughs> uh, one thing I did want to bring up with craft and with this, I think, and maybe it carries across for all the different types of artists. <laughs> A lot of these supply to everything. Uh, yeah, is a uh, fair compensation. Yes. So especially in the socialist stage, you know, versus communist stage, it's not going to really matter that much. But for the socialist stage, uh, there is less, you know, well, there's not an opportunity for a boss to rip you off, yeah. rip off your surplus labor. Um, you're actually going to be paid fairly for your work instead of being undercut, you know, um, instead of the capitalists robbing your surplus. Yeah, and, and not just undercut by your boss, but also undercut by competition. True. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I've talked about this before too, but like the idea of, you know, making artisan work versus, you know, mass produced stuff, like your stuff is going to have more of a fair shot. Mm-hmm. And I think that was last episode when you were talking about uh, our labor episode, when you were talking about um, illustrators and page colors. And yeah. Stuff, yeah. Talking about their wages and everything. Like 
that is already happening in terms of how how disparate that is, mm-hmm. you would see a lot less of that under socialism because you would be you would have a way to actually get you know what you deserve. Yeah, yeah. What the boss is willing to toss your way for sure. Um, another thing that kind of applies to a lot of these, I, I kind of broke up into you know, local level versus state level stuff. If we're talking mm-hmm. publishing, you know, you could have a lot more resources for making your own zines and small print runs of books. So um, I think that'd be really cool. I think zines are awesome. So, yeah. yeah, for sure. And that kind of goes back to what we're saying. If it's more localized, more diffuse, um, you can have more stories that reflect, you know, the actual experience of, of the people there. You know. Yeah, and again, like if the stories reflect the area, I think people are going to be more inclined to interact with it. And I would love there to be more uh, opportunities to publish like local histories of things. Ooh, that'd be cool. There is so much interesting like local history and basically everywhere uh, that just doesn't really get focused on because not you know it's you're Who's not going to get grant money from yeah <laughs> to do the history of whatever yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's really, that's a good idea. I, I have street art, art. I have street art on this list, which, mm-hmm. I mean, you guys just keep going, basically. Keep keep on keeping on. <laughs> Banksy won't be rich, be... I guess. That's really the only difference. Uh, and you'll have uh, health care, mm. guaranteed housing. <laughs> I mean, you'll have shit, you know, like, uh, guaranteed to you that you don't have to, you know, either work another job to get or, you know, I'm ignorant, maybe. <laughs> you don't sign up to... You don't apply for a job as a street nope. artist, do you? Okay. <laughs> Not a thing. Uh, some companies can commission you for stuff. Um, okay. There's definitely, ugh, it's like a big design trend. It's like, I'm a muralist and well, people take a picture of all these social media. Uh, <laughs> it's the whole thing. Um, or, you know, if you're fucking, if you're fucking Banksy, then yeah, you can sell shit or whatever. I don't even know how he makes yeah. money, but he makes money. <laughs> so yeah basically the same thing you're there's not going to be banksies anymore but more people can can do street art and also maybe people in socialism would sponsor one thing i want to ask about in terms of yeah. if it is a state-sponsored work you know someone hires you to do a mural or whatever i mean sure. i can't just like paint a dick right <laughs> um, i'm super curious about the client relationship as it applies to these like when did, I mean, that's a very obvious example of like, yeah, probably your local council is going to vote down the dick drawing, but <laughs> what if they don't? And you just, this is our dick painting. <laughs> this neighborhood loves That's dicks. cool. Yeah. I mean, that's, I think that's, that's cool. hilarious. That's fine. Do it. Um, I mean, like, I guess the, the, you know, the local council or the, you know, national government or whatever it is, is probably going to basically, yeah, they'll basically be a client and be like, well, so we were thinking something like this. And yeah. Obviously, if you do something way different than that. They'll like, be like, no, we're going like to get that. someone else. <laughs> yeah. Or please do it over, you know. Yeah. But, so I guess, yeah, you'll still have clients in that sense. But I just think, it, I think it's interesting because it's like, if your community's cool enough, you can get away with some black shit and that's going to be awesome. <laughs> yeah, for real. <laughs> You know, there's obviously still going to be some square communities out there. I, yeah, I know. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I don't know. I think we make sure we have a, a chill-ass state government, too. Because what if they get into yeah. censorship and shit? Well, they can't get into censorship for people they commission. Like, that's just kind of them asking for what they, for what they commissioned. 
But in terms of like, oh, you can't paint a dick mural in our town mm-hmm. at all. I don't know. <laughs> there, you do run into a problem because, I mean, the people should basically be in charge. So can the people be like, no, we don't want stuff like that. I mean, I think that's okay. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, I think if it's a, oh, I don't know. Because, like, what if they didn't commission you? You're just like a street artist. And you just sort of like, today I want to draw this. And that's what you drew. And then could they vote to cover it up? You would think so, because they should be able to... Yeah. The community should be able to decide on that. Anyway. (laughs) We don't know how to solve that one. Listeners, if you guys have have an idea of what to do to solve, you know, uh, popular control uh, of a place, you know, democratically being able to decide for yourself what your community is going to be like, and somebody's, you know, individual freedom to express their artwork in the way that they want to how do we reconcile those when they if they can yeah because i mean if you have all these public galleries and stuff like there's some real avant-garde shit out there which i think is cool but some people might not think it's cool (laughs) yeah for sure there's got to be some sort of we'll have to think on that more some sort of resolution for this but we don't have all the answers we don't we don't all right we're gonna call it there tune in next week for another episode of teach me communism We will cover part two of this discussion, and that will include the listener question from Aiden. It will also include an organization corner on artist unions and how I really want one of those. In the meantime, you can find us on social. That is at Teach Communism on Twitter, at Teach Me Communism on Instagram, and teachmecommunism at gmail.com. If you want to send us an email, you know, just giving us compliments or sending in a listener question, stuff like that. You can also get us compliments over on Apple Podcasts where you can rate us and leave us a review. Love reading those. It's like my favorite thing. So please do it. All right. Thank you for tuning in. And as always, oh, I get to say the catchphrase this time. Hell yeah. Okay. Uh, fuck. What is it? <laughs> Tune in to Teach Me Communism next week where the class struggle is always in session. Goodbye and solidarity forever.